So you really think the Cubs can win the division in 2022, they say? Why, yes. Yes, I do. And I'll give you another reason why. We'll make that three reasons why on an all-new Locked On Cubs now. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Good morning to you. Welcome on in. This is Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Bellison. Great to have you with us. For those of you that don't know me, I was the public address announcer at Wrigley Field for 10 seasons and now am thrilled to be part of the Locked On Cubs family as host of Locked On Cubs. Thanks for taking the time to make us your first listen each and every morning. We appreciate you more than you know. This, I promise you, whether you're in the car, headed to work, going to school, at home, thanks for turning us on. We're free and available wherever you find your favorite cast and also on YouTube. Check us out, Locked On Cubs YouTube channel. Awesome, awesome stuff. Engage with us on social. Love to hear from you guys at Chicago Cubs PA at Locked on Cubs. We need to take you back to sunny Arizona later in the show. Enough of this nasty cold and rain. We're going to catch up on our spring training notebook with the latest goings on from Sloan Park today. We've also heard skipper David Ross say that the designated hitter slot this year for the Cubs is going to be somewhat of a carousel. But who exactly are the ponies? involved on that ride. But first, you look at me like I'm crazy. Yes, the Cubs can win the division in 2022. Do you really think that's true? I've been asked. I'm not preaching it here for fun. I clearly believe this. I highlighted a mega reason last week why I felt this was a feasible outcome in 2022. And that has to do with their sudden strength up the middle. A glaring weakness last year at the at the shortstop and second base holes. They have solidified the area defensively with a really nice group of players, including Gloveman Andrelton Simmons at short, along with Nico Horner at that position as well. And also now Nick Madrigal at second base, who made his Cubs debut the other day, albeit in spring training. Cubs have a ground ball rolling staff. They're a warm burner staff, and that's a good thing. Warm burners, uh, when you're on the mound are good. Warm burners when you're on the tee box at the golf course, not so good, especially at the, at the top with the ground ball inducing guys, Hendricks, Miley, Stroman. So that sudden strength up the middle of the field is key defensively for the pitching staff that the Cubs have put together. Tommy Hadovy spoke to this uh, earlier in spring training as well. Keep in mind, 57% of Stroman's outs last year came on the ground. So I'll let you do the math on how important it is to shore things up, up the middle. Not only does this offer a nice rotational setup, you've got a couple great top-of-the-order guys too, which is another reason that I discussed the other day. Table setters in Madrigal and Horner, assuming they hit at the top, which you know David Ross said they likely will, although they might move around a little bit here and there. Their contact guys now are both healthy after battling injuries last year. Why is this key? It's a wonderful change of pace offensively 
compared to the power slash strikeout combination approach we saw from so many other players last year on a team that led the league in strikeouts. Table setters, contact, ball and play, love, love, love that. So on top of that sudden strength up the middle, what's reason number two, or is it more like two, three, and four, that the Cubs can be division champions in 2022? Well, the aforementioned three-headed monster of Hendricks, Stroman, and Wade Miley at the Cubs top of the Cubs rotation is your answer. Before we go forward, let's rewind a little bit. Take the clock back to 2021. I want to tell you, you might want to look away. If you're on YouTube with us, you might want to plug your ears. I'm going to show you how bad the rotation really was last year. Don't want to hurt you. Might make your ears bleed a little bit. Cubs staff as a whole, 2021, 487 and run average, 27th in Major League Baseball, fourth worst. No shutouts on the season, only one complete game. Surrendered 235 home runs as a staff, also 27th in the bigs, fourth worst. By comparison, who gave up the fewest? San Francisco Giants, 151. Whoa, 85 more home runs, 86 more home runs. Uh, the Cubs gave up than the leading team in that category. Gets worse. Hang with me. Did your head hurt yet? 596 free passes. Fourth worst in the league. 27th overall. Again, by comparison, Giants, number one, walked only 416 on the year. I'm mentioning the Giants a lot. You're going to see why in a moment. There's a trend here. Shall I keep going? Okay, one more. Fourth worst whip in the league as well. 27th. Out of 30 teams, again, 1.40 walks and hits per innings pitched. Yikes. Hard to win games when you're putting on one and a half guys every inning. Now, keep in mind that the Cubs bullpen, which we've highlighted here on Lockdown Cubs before, was a top three bullpen in the league, in the entire league, not just Major League Baseball or not just the National League, the entire league for the first three months of last season. So these numbers are really skewed in favor of that as well. Cubs are likely last in the league in most of these major pitching categories, if not for those first three months of the great success of the bullpen that kept them a very competitive team with Chafin, Tepera, and Kimbrell. Okay, what about individual rotational performances from last year? The picture gets even cloudier. Cubs had nine players make at least five starts in 2021. So they struggled keeping a consistent rotation throughout the year. Had only two players that made 30-plus starts. The ERA leader, the professor, Kyle Hendricks. We know he had a down year. We've discussed that a lot here on Lockdown Cubs. 477 earned run average. He led the, the team in terms of starters in ERA with that ballooned 477. Gave up 200 hits, surrendered 31 home runs in 180 innings. We have preached about this major down year for Kyle Hendricks. He'll be the first one to tell you that. Did he have any help? No, none at all. Zach Davies was second in command, and he was not much better. 430 ERA in July overall for the season, cumulatively, ballooned to 580 by the end of the year. Tossed only 148 innings all year long, gave up 25 long balls. His whip was 160, just not good at all. 15-plus earned run average 
in September as, as well. And he made five or six starts, I want to say. So that was a large enough sample size to say he had a horrific month to close the year. The best of the rest, can we even call it that? Edward Alzali struggled with the long ball. We've talked about that. 25 home runs as well. Arietta's short-term back here was a flop, as we know. Still a Cubs legend for what he did, but we could forget about last year. What am I getting at? It was ugly at the top, and the best of the rest was not so good either. Just bad news all around. So how can I sit here as host of Locked On Cubs with somewhat of a baseball mind, I'd like to think, and say that the Cubs rotation is suddenly reason number two, that they can win the division? Well, the retooling is clearly evident. Here we go. Number one, a Hendricks bounce back is inevitable. Murphy's Law, right? Will he regain that form we saw in 16, 17, 18, et cetera, et cetera? Probably not at this stage of his personal game with his age. But is there a common ground between that and what we saw last year, how poorly he pitched? Absolutely. What's going to help him regain that form is some legitimate help at the top of the rotation, and that's Marcus Stroman. Nothing against Zach Davies, but the, the one, two last year of Hendricks Davies just didn't work. Stroman is a bona fide go-to guy, a number one, although Hendricks likely going to get the opening day nod. And paired with Hendricks at the top gives you a legitimate one-two punch. Who am I forgetting? Oh, yes. My favorite under-the-radar move of the offseason, as I have been preaching, Mr. Consistent, veteran leadership, Wade Miley. He will help round out three-fifths of the group, the top one, two, three in the Cubs starting rotation. To my point, things will be much better in that category in 2022 compared to 2021. Here is the RotoChamp projections for these three. Now, do you remember how bad the numbers I gave you at the top two last year were with Hendricks and uh, Zach Davies? Check out how much better these sound. These are not like mind-blowing numbers here, the projections for 22, but in comparison, plus you got three consistent veteran guys on the top. Stroman predicted for 180 innings, 11 and 11 record, 404 ERA, 132 whip, 145 strikeouts, just 54 walks. How about Hendricks? 180 innings, 10 and 11, 10 and 11 record, 458 ERA, which I have a feeling might be a little bit better than that. Buck 30 whip, 129 strikeouts, only 40 walks. What about the Southpaw? Wade Miley, 160 innings, nine wins, four and a half ERA, 140 whip, 117 Ks. Just 57 walks. Are you catching my pattern here? No, they're not eye poppers. But last year, we were talking about only two players, two players that made 30-plus starts even for this Cubs team. And then it was a complete game of musical chairs after that. On top of all of this, what is the key here? Look at those walk projections next to nothing, 54, 40, and 57, respectively. If you're talking about totals like that on 160, 170, 180-plus innings body of work, you are in phenomenal shape in that category. I'll say it again. Veteran presence at the top of the rotation solidifies and stabilizes a major problem from last year. And under the Ronald Reagan Economical Act, the trickle-down effect is inevitable. These three vets at the top will take the pressure off that lower two-fifths of the group, whomever ends up taking slots four and five in the rotation. As we discussed yesterday on Lockdown Cubs, the potential candidates. I mentioned briefly the other day, back to what I discussed uh, a couple minutes ago, that the Cubs front office looked to photocopy the San Francisco Giants plan 
heading into 2021, a season in which the Giants were supposed to have little to no success, lots of new under-the-radar veteran talent signings to form a collective group that might not make your eyes bug, but could quietly and consistently do the little things to win ballgames. And the Giants surpassed expectation last year by like 25-plus games. Look at the year they had. Look at their rotation last year before the Rodon signing here this offseason. Outside of youngster Logan Webb, nice mix of established vets that did some major damage for the Gigantes. Johnny Cueto, apparently not over the hill. Anthony DiSclefani, a Reds cast-off. Gaussman, most starts since 2017 when he was with Baltimore. Alex Wood, you get where I'm coming from here? What's the bottom line? I'm excited for this group. It's a solid group, to say the least. Whomever slots in at four and five in this rotation and dramatically, can't say that enough, dramatically improved over 2021. The key to a Cubs turnaround and reason number two for me, why and how the Cubs can be division champions, a retooled starting rotation. Who will the Cubs designated hitter be in 2022? I'll give you my opinions on that coming up next. Before I do, it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player odds, betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and information. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news all season long. It's not just basketball either. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Locked on Cubs rolls on next. Welcome back in, everybody. I'm your host, Andrew Bellis, and this is Locked On Cubs, proudly part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every morning. We are free and available wherever you source your favorite cast. So please download us today and subscribe with us on YouTube as well. It's free. Check us out, Locked On Cubs YouTube. We'd love you to subscribe to the show. Engage with us on social media at Chicago Cubs PA at Locked On Cubs. Well, we thank you for making us your first listen. We ask that you make Locked On MLB Prospects your second listen. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the Major League Baseball stars of tomorrow. Free and available, just like Locked On Cubs, wherever you get your favorite cast. So, manager David Ross has a new wrinkle to deal with this year, whether you like it or not. That's right. It's the designated hitter. Sit here and scratch your head. Cubs have lots of options to fill that role, do they not? Let me tell you who I think should slot in. David has already said, listen, we are going to have a lot of options and a lot of people fill that role throughout the year. And I think that is the right way to approach it. Not that my opinion matters, but I am in complete agreement. What are some of the options? Well, Clint Frazier. Wilson Contreras' name has been thrown around quite a bit. Nick Madrigal, whom we discussed a little bit earlier in the show. What about Frank Schwindel? And honestly, option D or E, any other player. This is going to be a carousel. Tons of options at Ross's disposal uh, for the newly minted universal designated hitter. Still curious as to how you guys feel about that or not. 
Uh, back in the shortened COVID season of 2020, when the National League did have the designated hitter spot for that short 60-game season, Cubs utilized it as a rotating position that essentially included keeping catchers Wilson Contreras and Victor Caratini fresh, which we love, and I want to see more of that this year, which we undoubtedly will. Expect something similar during this 162-game season. Wilson's one of the best offensive catchers in the game, and we have seen him run into some late-season troubles with his lower half. Fatigue sets in from the beating you take behind the plate. This is an opportunity with the best backup catcher in baseball in Jan Gomes to give Wilson some rest. And I don't mean rest days off. Of course, there'll be some of those. But rest from out from behind the plate, not taking that hammer every day to keep him more productive, healthy, and fresh as the season rolls on. With the slew of innings hitting the backup catcher spot, I'm sorry, slew of injuries that hit the backup catcher spot last year in which they had 40,000 guys catch a game, uh, they had to lean heavily on Contreras in 2021. And it took its toll, eventually landed on the IL, yada, yada, yada. We know the drill. Between Jan Gomes now and the designated hitter slot, this can be alleviated and 100% Good for Wilson to get him not only his at-bats in the DH role, but keep those legs healthy. He's flashed his offensive potential in the past, and he has had great success, as a matter of fact, in the designated hitter spot. You want to check out some of these numbers? Maybe you know about these, but these are eye poppers. Contreras as a designated hitter in his career. 19 games, 421 on-base percentage, four home runs, three doubles, 954 OPS, which is an on-base plus slugging percentage. Yahtzee. You know, they say that a lot of guys might not slot into the DH role well because it's a different animal, more or less. You're almost removed from the game, except for those three or four short at-bats that you might have over the course of three and a half hours. There is no trotting out to the field. There is no nothing else to take your mind off what you're doing. Wilson, not one of those guys with those problems. He mashes in that role. Love to see that. Okay, so he's not going to be the DH every day. He's going to catch, right? What are some of the other options? How about Clint Frazier? Figures to be a really strong candidate for the designated hitter spot. Let me remind you about Frazier. Yankees and him parted ways earlier in the offseason. Just 27 years old, former fifth overall pick in 2013, known more for his bat than his glove. He's a minus 20 defensive run saved guy in more than 1,500 innings in an, as an outfielder. So really good designated hitter candidate, although we'll see him in the outfield as well, I'm sure. As we have mentioned, Frazier dealt with some strange vertigo issues last season, but still posted a 267 average, 347 on base, and 497 slash line. That's an 840, 845 OPS with 20 home runs and 64 ribbies in 108 games between 19 and 20 with the Yankees, not counting the, the injuries and the vertigo issues last year. At the moment, Cubs have a ton of outfielders, and the DH spot is another way to get Frazier at bats, and with his bat is the way he excels. Ian Happ will also play DH, maybe even early in the season, more so than later on as he rehab, rehabs that elbow uh, on his throwing arm as well. What about options on the infield? Well, they have the Cubs have a variety of depth options, some of which we've touched on up the middle. Horner, Simmons, Madrigal, Jonathan VR now in the fold, maybe going to play some third base um, as well. 
Frank Schwindel and uh, Rivas both performed well as rookies in 2021. And while Rivas might start the season in Iowa, he could factor into the first base or DH equation later in the year. To our point of keeping Wilson fresh, the same can be said for Nick Madrigal and or Nico Horner because you brought in the aforementioned Simmons and Jonathan VR. Madrigal and Horner both injury prone the last year or two, so keeping them healthy and on the field is key. Slotting them in at DH once in a while gives them a nice refresher while getting them at bats and keeping them in the lineup as well. Uh, a pairing with Sim, let me, let me say this. On any given day, if you have Simmons at shortstop and Nico Horner at second base, say, you've literally got one of your best defensive infields up the middle in all of Major League Baseball. And plus, you've got your top of the order anti-strikeout table setter guy with Horner, which is awesome. So in short, like we said, like manager David Ross said, the designated hitter will be a rotating spot, as it should be. I agree with this 100%. Too many good options to leave one or two guys in that role. Plus, the ability that it gives you to enable field off days for guys as the season grinds on um, is honestly, it can't be overstated. Like it or not, the designated hitter in the National League, at least for the Cubs, is a huge positive. Who do you like in this role? Let me know on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you at Chicago Cubs PA at Locked on Cubs. We roll on here shortly. Pack your bags. I'm taking you to Mesa. Welcome back in to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Andrew Bellison. Great to have you along with us. Happy, happy Thursday to you. Hope you're having a great week. Hope you're enjoying Locked On Cubs. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being part of the Locked On Cubs family. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. Locked On Cubs YouTube. We're free and available wherever you download your favorite cast. Sigh of relief, we hope. Is Brennan Davis okay? Did you see him? He got nailed in the knee the other day at the plate. It's one of my favorite segments every day that we're incorporating. Always so much going on in Mesa on a daily basis. And we got shorted this year because of the lockout. So we have to eat it up as much as we can. News, notes, nuggets, et cetera, et cetera. First and foremost, <coughs> excuse me, Cubs promotional schedule was announced the other day. And if you're a bobblehead aficionado, you will enjoy the giveaways this year. Five bobblehead giveaways throughout the season, regular season, that is, at Wrigley Field. Starting on May, on May 7th with skipper David Ross. Then May 21st, Patrick Wisdom has a bobblehead. Nick Madrigal in August on the 6th. And then a couple in, in September. Nico Horner and Marcus Stroman, September 17th. Pretty cool. So five bobbleheads to add to your collection if that's, uh, if that's up your alley. What else is going on in Mesa that should be discussed at the moment? Have you caught up with all the signings of last week and over the weekend? What an onslaught. One of the players that we have not discussed yet is veteran Stephen Brault, former Pirates pitcher. It was originally reported that he was brought in on a major league deal, but it's now a minor league deal, we're told, and he has arrived at Cubs camp as of Tuesday morning. What's the bad news on Brault? Well, finished 2021 on the 60-day injured list with a lat strain, and while that injury is all healed up, another issue popped up when he took his Cubs physical started feeling something in his triceps, MRI showed some inflammation. So Pirates DFA'd him at the end of last year. 
And since he was on the 60-day injured list to finish the season, he was unable to speak with teams as a free agent during the lockout. No exact timetable for Brault's return right now. He's going to be shut down for a couple weeks. Will not be an opening day factor for the Cubs, but could be an option for Ross moving forward. Uh, probably out of the bullpen, it looks like. Overall for Brault, 107 major league games, six years with the Pirates, 52 starts. He's another great lefty option for David Ross and company. Out of the bullpen or rotation, potentially, depending on how things shake out, 477 ERA in 343 and a third innings. Brennan Davis, take a deep breath with me. Cubs top prospect was hit by a pitch on his right knee Monday afternoon, came out of the ball game. Thank goodness x-rays were negative. Davis was able to work out with the team on Tuesday. David Ross said he said, meaning Brennan, thought that he would be more sore than he is today. So that's good news. He also quipped, it's good to be young. Absolutely. What about Seiya Suzuki? Japanese slugger is the newest Cubs outfielder, has not yet appeared in a Cactus League game with the Cubs, but it's coming soon. Manager David Ross wouldn't commit to exactly when, but indicated he would be in the lineup soon. Uh, Tuesday, the prize-free agent took some spring batting practice on field one and then stood in for live BP against new, uh, new acquisition Drew Smiley. Suzuki sent a fly ball to left and struck out against the veteran Southpaw. The live BPs, it looks like his timing is getting ready, getting in these drills. I think he'll be ready to see some action here shortly, said David Ross. We're told the debut will indeed be in a major league Cactus League game, not a minor league game. Kyle Hendricks took the ball for the second time Tuesday afternoon in Peoria, tossed two innings against the Mariners, threw a little over 40 pitches in the game, and then went into the Cubs' bullpen to run his workload up to 50. It was really important for Hendricks to get up and down three different times on Tuesday as opening day is knocking on the door. What does this mean for the Cubs rotation heading towards April 7th? Well, if Hendricks stays on the five-day rotation, he could pitch against Sunday against the Royals. Then he would slot into toss Friday, April 1st, or Saturday, April 2nd, and still be on regular rest for opening day, assuming he is named the opening day starter, which it does look to be that way. Final notes, Adam Mesa, the league, instituted a few new rule changes Tuesday as part of the CBA. This includes 28-man rosters for April to counteract the shortened spring training. This is a big deal. What's the key here? This is going to greatly benefit the Cubs pitching staff options heading into the season, at least early going. So keep an eye on that. A couple extra bodies to carry. Awesome news. We like that a lot. Also, the free runner on second base will return, and all doubleheaders will be nine innings. The extra inning rule, I should say, with the free runner on second base will return. All doubleheaders will be nine innings. No more seven-inning uh, high school doubleheaders. MLB prospects. You got to check it out. You will love it. Thanks for making us your first listen. Make Paul Francis Sullivan Sully, the host of Locked On MLB, your second. He brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, past and present. Free and available, just like Locked On Cubs, wherever you source your favorite cast. Can't thank you enough for taking the time to stop by. Happy Thursday. Ready to talk Cubs with you next time. Until then, adios.